G'day and welcome to the City on a Hill podcast. I'm Guy, Senior Pastor of City on a Hill, a movement of churches across Australia united around the central mission of knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. Whether you're on your morning commute or sitting down with a warm cup of coffee, I hope this message fuels your faith, hope and love. And while we're here, let me encourage you to prayerfully consider supporting this ministry. You can do that by heading to cityonahill.com.au. God bless. Look forward to connecting soon. 46 to 55. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. He has spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. So good. Well, it's great to be with you. My name's Dave, one of the pastors here, and uh, I did have Little Drummer Boy as my first email address with OptusNet, so it is a real delight to see that song played at Christmas. My children played it last night. might have been my proudest moment of 2023, but it's great to be together and celebrate the birth of Jesus with some great Christmas music, isn't it? But as well as great Christmas music, I've developed a fondness this year for really terrible Christmas music, because there is a lot of it, like plenty of songs we just have to say are ho, ho, hopeless. <laughs> I think, of course, of Stevie Wonder, who I normally love, but, but he offers a contribution to the list of worst Christmas songs ever when he sings Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Me, an exploration of what it's like to be the star at the top of a Christmas tree and the perspective that offers on this wonderful day. It's just not good. And then, of course, there's everybody's second favorite boy band of the 90s, NSYNC, behind, of course, the Backstreet Boys. Uh, but NSYNC say, I never knew the meaning of Christmas till I looked into your eyes. Oh, it's a triumph of optometry. I don't know what they saw or what those contact lenses had, but it was exciting all the same. Now, this list is bad until a couple named Elmo and Patsy survey the scene and say, hold my eggnog, we're going to make it worse. And they sing, Grandma got run over by a reindeer. It's, uh, it, it's incredible that this is a song, really, and, and I can't describe it any better than Rolling Stone magazine who reviewed this album. They say, nothing says Christmas like grand matricide. This late 70s novelty song is undoubtedly one of the darkest in the carol canon, featuring gory lyrics detailing the hoof prints on her forehead and incriminating claws marks on her back. It is the season to ruminate on one's mortality. I'm not sure how songs like this get up onto a Christmas album, but they do. Again and again and again, the ho-ho-hopeless songs of Christmas are all around us this season, and they make me wonder... What are we doing? Like, what are we, as a human race, how did we get here? 
I'm not grumpy about it. I'm, I'm just perplexed. What is it that makes these songs get so high on the charts? And, and why now? Why December every year? Like, like, what are we really celebrating with songs like this? We consider the fireplaces and the reindeer and the sheer amount of time that us Australians spend singing about snow in December. And it does beg the question, what, what are we celebrating? I want to say that Mary's song is wonderfully different to that canon of terrible carols. Mary's song is a wonderful contribution, not to be confused with Mariah's song, because that is good on its own, but maybe we'll explore that next year. Mary's song is straight as an arrow and gets straight to the heart of the Christian message. Now, at the beginning of Luke's gospel, we meet Mary. Here is this young teenage girl, no older than 14 or 15. She's engaged to be married to a man named Joseph. And, and at this point, poor, unmarried teenage women are almost completely devoid of status and power in this culture. There's nothing to commend Mary to anybody as, as worthy of attention or favor until an angel appears to her and makes the most staggering promise. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne. It's an incredible promise. And so Mary goes to her Aunt Elizabeth's house to tell her what she's seen. And her Aunt Elizabeth, who's pregnant with a miracle of her own at the time, confirms everything that the angel has said which leads Mary to sing. She sings. In fact, if you read the first two chapters of Luke, there's lots of songs. It reads a little bit like a musical at the beginning of this story. But what she sings is really, really illuminating. She sings in verse 46, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Straight away, it's an epic intro. A major chord full of gladness. The joy is everywhere. And she says, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God. The soul and the spirit are like the most inner parts of you. It's like saying, from my very guts, from the bottom of my heart, I praise the Lord. But why? Well, as we read on in the song, we see there's something about Mary and there's lots of things about God. Verse 48 he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. There, there is something about Mary here. She can recognize that the situation she finds herself in puts her in a uniquely privileged position. That people for generations will call her blessed. And she's right. It, it's still happening thousands of years later. It, it's an incredible position, but, but Mary is not thinking that she's deserving of this. She calls herself one of humble estate. And more than that, she prays to God, her Savior. Now, strong and sinless people don't need a Savior. But Mary's glad that she has one. 
and she wants to draw attention there. There is something about Mary, but there is far more about God in her song. You just look at verse 49. He who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. God has done great things. He's holy, he's strong, he's mighty, and he's merciful. And this might and mercy, this this beautiful contrast, well, when you put the might and the mercy together, that, that forms the trunk of this Christmas tree. That's the key this whole song is in as Mary ponders and marvels at all that God has done in his power and his grace. Now, throughout history, uh, it's generally true that every good revolution revolution needs a soundtrack. If we learn anything from Les Mis, it taught us that every good revolution needs a soundtrack. The French national anthem to this day was originally written as the soundtrack to the French Revolution. But by far my favorite is that in uh, 2019, in Lebanon, there were massive protests, protesting government corruption. They say up to 20% of the population got involved in some of these protests. And in the middle of the protest was a scared young boy, just a toddler, who was understandably terrified at at all the energy and all the excitement that was happening around him. And, And some of the protesters saw this, and being a peaceful, hopefully joyful protest, they decided to do something about it. And so one of them turned to the boy and started singing. Baby shark, baby shark, the song starts to spread amongst the, the crowd. Mommy shark, mommy shark, before long, not only is this entire crowd screaming baby shark, that song became the soundtrack of an entire revolution. At every protest, For the rest of that chapter in their history, Baby Shark could be heard far and wide. Because every good revolution needs a soundtrack. And that's where Mary's song comes in. Because it is a joyful song, a song of praise, not just about Mary, but about God and all he's done. But it's so much more than that. It's so much more than just a Christmas carol describing what has happened. It is the soundtrack of a revolution. Look at verse 51 with me. He has shown strength with his arm. God has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away. God, in his strength, in his might and his mercy, has brought the high low and made the weak and and the poor and the weary, the exalted ones. He's picked a side. And it's not the upper class. It's not the morally righteous. It's not the ones with the power and the status. God is on the side of the unexpected one, the undeserving ones, which if you've read the Bible to this point, you'll know that that's just like him. That's exactly the kind of thing he's always done. 
I mean, you take Abraham, who features at the end of this song. Here is an old, old, really old man who's well beyond childbearing age, and God chooses him and his wife to build a nation and bless all the others. And from there, he builds Israel, who on their own, again and again and again, are completely undeserving of this blessing and completely unimpressive by themselves. But but their story is one of God being good to those who cannot earn it and do not deserve it. It's no surprise that Mary's song in Luke chapter 1 has 12 different quotes from the Jewish scriptures. It's because the story of God's people time and time again is God being good to unlikely, undeserving people. And of course, there's Mary herself. There's an unmarried, poor teenager. She's at the bottom of nearly every social pile, and, and yet God chooses her to give birth to a baby boy out the back of in a manger where the animals feed. And this baby was weak. But would grow up to take the side of the weak. To have compassion on the needy and the broken. To, to love the despised and the rejected. And, and the people that nobody else wanted to have anything to do with. They were the people Jesus gravitated towards the most. And then he took their place. He stepped into that experience as he faced the rejection of his own peers. He was cast out by the establishment. He even faced death on a cross that was reserved for the worst of criminals. And he did it so that in him, the weak ones, the lowly ones, the weary and the poor and the needy and the broken might find a thrill of hope at Christmas. That we might find hope in the midst of all the complexity of life, underneath all the pressure to feel like we have it together, he extends an invitation to us as weak people. He doesn't say, clean up your act and then come to me. No, no, he came for us as we were. And that's the Christian message. That, that sinners might look at Jesus and see a God who uses his might and his mercy for them, not while we've got our act together. Not while we're having a good week, not while we're in the moral majority, while we sit on our high horses and ride the high road. No, while we're weak, while we're weary, God comes to us as a child to share in that experience and, and to bring a revolution where the weak win where the might and the mercy of God turns the whole world on its head 
Friends, if you have any inclination that God tends to like good people better, look again. If you think they're the ones that get to heaven at the end of the day, look again. If you think that God only chooses the holy and the wholesome people who have everything together, look again, because God chose Mary, the weak and the poor. He does it again and again, the poor and the poor in spirit. They're, they're his people, the broken and the lost. They're the ones he's come to find. They're the ones he feels. They are the ones that he blesses again and again. They're the ones he saves. And they are the ones he welcomes in by becoming weak himself. which makes Mary's song the soundtrack of a revolution. That this God would use his might and mercy for us. Not because we're good, but because he's kind. And as he does, he invites us into a whole new world. A, a new world order where the weak are strong. And the poor are rich where the outcasts are welcome and the kids inherit the earth. This is a world where the blind can see, the lame will dance, the deaf will sing for joy. In God's world, the best things in life are free and they come to those who need them most. And so as we head out of here into whatever the day holds for you, I'm aware that Christmas carries all sorts of pressure to have it all together. To get the table settings just right, the meat cooked perfectly, have all the decorations in exactly the right place. And I get the pull towards that pressure, but when you feel that pressure today, please remember this song. God's not on the side of those who have it together. That's not what he's interested in. He wants those who are weak and weary to come to him. He wants to bring a revolution where the empty will be filled, where the widows and the orphans find family, where the lost are found, where his might and mercy go to those who need it the most. Praise be to God, he's done it in the most spectacularly unexpected way by becoming weak himself. God born as a baby, a moment where you could hold the creator of the universe in your hands and he might have fallen asleep. If that's any indication of what's coming, come to him as a weak person. Admit your failings. Be okay being broken. And know that this God welcomes and loves and uses his might and his mercy for you. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. So as the band comes up, I'm going to pray. Lord God, we thank you so much 
for your grace. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you that you use your might and your mercy for people who are undeserving. And we thank you so much that you know what it's like to be weak. That you came as a baby. That you might save us from our sins, from our failures, from our weariness. That you might give us hope where we can't bring it ourselves. So God, we pray, help us celebrate this well. Help us be filled with joy at the birth of Jesus. And we pray it for his sake. Amen.